Welcome to Platypod, the official podcast of the Committee for the Anthropology of Science, Technology, and Computing. Here, we host dialogues and conversations about the theories, tools, and social interactions that explore questions at the intersection of anthropology and science and technology studies. This bonus content is a reading from Platypus, the Castag blog. Enjoy! The day I discovered I was collaborating on a eugenics project on imponderables in collaborative research by Marisol Marini and Sandra Avila. The title that opens this reflection is a statement by computer scientist Sandra Avila, who is also a co-author of the lines that will flow here. Her account took place during the recording of a podcast on science and feminism. In that situation, Avila recounted a non-trivial research experience. She may never have been able to talk about it with her colleagues in computer science, let alone with collaborators in dermatology who offered their, quote, expertise advice, unquote. It was in informal conversations with feminist researchers that Avila found a safe place to talk about a situation that made her cry with anger because she felt cheated. Avila was a member of a computer science research group that was investigating a variety of topics. When they decided to start research into skin cancer, they immediately recognized the need to establish partnerships and seek the technical opinion of researchers in the field of dermatology. Her role in that collaborative project was to develop a tool based on artificial intelligence, more specifically machine learning, to facilitate and optimize diagnosis based on the identification of patterns in medical imaging exams. Throughout her life and career, Avila was motivated to work on projects that could improve people's lives. She was enthusiastic about science and its ability to democratize and provide answers to social problems. The idea of developing a tool that had a practical application in healthcare sounded like an excellent opportunity to put her ideology into practice. Avila received academic and public recognition for her research and determination to improve algorithms that included the identification of cancer in black skin, which was neglected by the tools available. This exclusion resulted in a higher mortality rate for this type of cancer in people with black skin, since late diagnosis decreases the chances of remission. On learning that the tools available did not include samples of people with black skin, meaning that they were not gauged to identify a variety of skin and thus neglected a section of the population, Avila decided to work on this, quote, technical flaw, unquote, and proudly declared her defiance and determination to only make the tool available when it was robust enough, but also non-exclusive. Her little big insubordination was to resist the process of neoliberal acceleration, seeking to maintain as much as possible the commitment to a technology that is inclusive and anti-racist. The ambition cultivated is democratic access. Responsibility means making science a tool for reducing social inequality. There can be no good technique without ethical commitment and no responsibility that doesn't start from citizen commitment. However, one day Avila realized 
that the recommendation she had received from the dermatologists to exclude samples of fingernails, palms, and feet did not simply exclude, quote, confusing samples, unquote, as the specialists stated, but the possibility of identifying the highest incidence of skin cancer in black populations, which occurs precisely in those parts of the body with the lowest melanin index. Her experience is not trivial, not because it is a complex and problematic collaboration outside the curve, but because she had to rely on expertise and was disappointed by a late discovery. She realized too late in the process that her work was helping to perpetuate exclusion. Did the dermatologists intentionally recommend the exclusion of samples to deliberately harm the black population? We don't know. What matters is highlighting the structural mechanisms of exclusion and the maintenance of privilege. This event allows us to raise questions about the permanence of eugenics strategies at the heart of scientific endeavors, as well as about the challenges of interdisciplinarity. Interdependence and collaboration between disciplines, a possible definition for interdisciplinarity, is a structural dynamic of scientific practices. It is not an eccentricity, but rather a product of specialization between areas, something that has intensified in the disciplinary trajectory of modern science. The modern scientific enterprise creates the conditions of existence for interdisciplinarity, characterizing itself as a scenario of broad collaboration between scientists who draw on the experience of other areas. The effort to collaborate is not based on pure curiosity or inventiveness, originality or an attempt to, quote, think outside the box, unquote. It is common for areas of knowledge to depend on evidence, methodologies or concepts from other areas to support their own. Relying on propositions for, for which they themselves have no knowledge, something that can be characterized as an epistemic dependence that implies the need for testimony from other scientists. There are many possible arrangements and forms of interdisciplinary dialogue, exchanges and loans, collaborations that can be characterized by the meeting of cognitively divergent disciplines to varying degrees, some more familiar and close, others radically distant. This is why such borrowing, the way in which the findings of one discipline are lent to another, can take place under different conditions, both cognitively and politically. The prestige of certain areas and scientists is always at stake in these disciplinary transactions, as Avila's situation highlights. She is a young black woman dependent on medical testimony, which enjoys great authority in Brazilian society. This is a highly hierarchical and masculinist field in which whiteness is normalized. In addition to interpersonal power dynamics, a recurring feature of interdisciplinary exchanges is the lack of adequate multidisciplinary spaces and occasions in which collaboration can take place in a more horizontal or in-depth manner. There is a certain instrumentalization of these exchanges, justified by the false emergency that the sciences need to deal with largely because they are part of techno-scientific arrangements that respond to the demands and temporality of the market.
There are situations of knowledge encounters in which the epistemic conditions result from such dependence on impenetrable knowledges whose representative experts must provide testimony. Are there ways of ensuring that such expert translators can adhere to epistemic norms that guarantee reliably to those exposed to a relationship of opaque and translucent epistemic dependence? The consequences of this dependence are epistemological and political, as Avila's case illustrates. Is it an exaggeration to consider that blind trust can lead to naivety and collaboration in eugenics projects? What does it mean to call eugenics such endeavors that nonetheless seek to distance themselves from the Nazi strategies and racist projects of the past? Eugenics policies explicitly intertwined with race management in Brazil which were characterized by hygiene strategies aimed at, quote, progress, unquote, and that expressed concerns about the fate of the nation and its degeneration associated with racial mixing. This agenda and vocabulary are criminal today, but there are ventures that address a certain improvement of the human being promoted by biotechnology, or those associated with a new rhetoric of difference associated with disability today, which highlight the, quote, invisible, unquote, permanence of discrimination in the management of population. As anthropologist Marco Monteiro points out, eugenics is central to understanding the processes driven by technology and biomedicine today, as it is a historical example of the most radical expression of a logic of politicizing life. However, it is not a question of accusing biotechnology of being eugenic, which would be simplistic, attributing only a nefarious intention to biotechnology. On the contrary, it's about understanding its forms of management and social control. Do genetic improvement strategies share social and political implications with algorithms that exclude the identification of skin cancer in black people? Is selecting and preventing birth also a necropolitics of letting die? These are rhetorical questions that we do not intend to address here. Rather, this essay's purpose is simple, to narrate an event in which a well-meaning scientist discovered that her work perpetuated exclusion. We believe that scientists should talk more about their, quote, failures, unquote, because there is a lot to learn from them. Thanks for tuning in. If you have any comments and feedback, feel free to share them with us on the blog. You can find the link to the post in the description of the episode.